Welcome to Mammal Talk, the companion podcast for the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. In this episode, we're talking about the Blood Bowl 3 release. Welcome to episode 25. In this episode, boy, we are talking about the Blood Bowl 3 release. We're going to talk about our impressions, the UI, how the game works, and so on. So without further ado, why don't we just get into it? I am joined this week once again by none other that artificial bunny, the rat man himself. How's it going, man? Let's bowl. <laughs> Can bunnies be considered rats? I mean, I know they're not rats, but they're, you know what? Pikachu has taught me that bunnies and rats look very similar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's close enough. They're both delightful in my book. So, you know. <sighs> okay. It makes one of us. <laughs> uh, in this episode, we're talking about Blood Bowl 3. Blood Bowl 3 launched last week. Hooray! Boy, did it launch. (laughs) (laughs) It sure did. We're going to talk about our impressions in Blood Bowl 3, so let's just get right into it. Uh, The game officially launched on Thursday, the 23rd. For those who purchased the Brutal Edition, such as you and I, it was to unlock 48 hours early, but we got gifted an extra 12 hours. We got 60 hours early, so we got it on Monday. And it was in brutal condition. It it was. (laughs) It was. That's you preventing me from burying the lead there. Yeah, let's just... (laughs) The game is not in good shape. (laughs) The game is absolutely not in good shape. It's broken. I I would say in one word, it's broken. What do you think? Yeah, it's got promise, but it's definitely not showing its best foot forward. I agree with that. On launch day on Monday, pretty much very little worked. It was very difficult to navigate menus, certain buttons on the UI would just break the application. You'd have to force quit. And then you would have to seemingly wait for your session to end before you could log back in. It was very frustrating. We at least got to see the little running goblin for a long time. Yeah, the spinner, the spinner in the game, the loading spinner is a little running goblin. We're all very familiar with that animation. We can redraw each frame of that animation frame by frame by memory at this point. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of problems. Games would often disconnect, but to Cyanide's credit, they've been working on it all week. I thought we wouldn't see a patch until much later, but they've got a few right out the door immediately. That was definitely helpful. (laughs) I was able to at least get some uh, campaign games in since then. Yeah, so there's there's two modes of the game. There's online and offline mode. You can play the single player stuff online if you wish, but they're segregated saves. You have to deliberately intentionally switch between modes. So if you're playing single player and online mode, that single player progress does not carry over to offline mode. You have to switch over to offline mode and then you have sort of your own segregated little environment for that, which I know a lot of people don't like. Um, I don't like it on paper, but at this point I've, I've given up hope. Like so many games are like that now. I, I just, I don't care. <laughs> hey, at least the uh, offline mode worked on the Steam Deck for the most part. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you have a Steam Deck. I, I do not. Yeah, so, so our impressions are are uh, lukewarm at best, but probably, my, I mean, mine's pretty thumbs down for this first week of launch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's tough when the game just doesn't work, right? That's the, that's the big, big problem. It's not, it's not necessarily missing 
features as it's just tough to play the game. And that's, that's really where the game sat last week. The community reaction to the game, I think, uh, matches ours. Some have been a lot more uh, negative than we have. The Steam reviews are oh, yeah. mostly <laughs> negative right now, <laughs> which I can understand. I can't really say that they're wrong. A lot of the major players in the community are disappointed as well. So overall, I mean, my reaction to this is a fairly disappointing launch. What do you, what do you say? Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. I've hardly been able to get any complete games finished without something happening even offline it's been uh, buggy at best hopefully we'll see that get fixed yeah and uh, i i feel hopeful after this last week you know there's lots of there's lots of money on the line right like you've spent a lot of time on this game as a software development company Obviously, you need to make your money back. <laughs> you need to make some profit. You need to earn revenue. There's the license with Games Workshop. You know, they have the, the DLC. They, they're hoping to make money off of this. So I imagine that's, uh, that's a good incentive here to keep development of the game active, keep fixing things, keep improving the game for many years to come. Uh, but we'll see. Let's talk about the new rules. The new rules in Blood Bowl 3. They use the Blood Bowl 2020 rules. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, so the BB 2020 rules are a major shakeup from the old living rulebook rules. And I would say it's almost unanimous, right? Like everyone agrees that they're better than the old rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was hesitant when I first saw that they were releasing a new rule set. But with the tabletop games I've played, it's just been a joy and so much easier to learn. It's easier to keep track of stuff. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, they did. Uh, games Workshop did a really good job fixing the stuff that was clearly broken, right? The stuff that was clearly overpowered in the old games, such as high agility or Muddy Blow piling on and Claw and still keeping the game the same. Like, it still feels like the same game. They haven't ruined the game at all. They've added some new features like that are feel like minor features, but really change up strategy and tactics. They've made, for, for most people, I would say, they've made reading characteristics easier to understand with the new uh, target numbers. And uh, overall, I just think they're, they're a great addition, right? There's some, some new stuff. Uh, you, you get more money in matches, generally speaking. A really, really solid rule set, I think, so far. Absolutely. There are a few things missing from the rules, uh, not even necessarily missing from the extra rules, like in the um, almanacs or, or anything like that, but or what's the companion death zone? I think it's called. Mm -hmm. But stuff like the so one thing I know. So we had a we had a coach Nick Satan. He uh, picked up a Chaos Chosen team for our King of the Ring competition. I was like, oh cool. Uh, as we talked about in our episode, I was like, oh I wonder which which Chaos God he's going to choose. And I asked him about it, and he's like, uh, what do you mean? I didn't choose anything. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't choose anything? You have to choose something. Well, it turns out that's not implemented yet. You, you're just, uh, what is it? Is it chaos? I keep saying chaos united. I can't remember what the phrase is. It, it might be, it's chaos, uh, whatever. I'm going to call it chaos united. It's, it's chaos in <laughs> general. Maybe. Basically, you don't get to choose your favorite of. Uh, that makes me sad. <laughs> makes yeah. Me sad. <laughs> it's, it's not completely necessary for the rules, I don't think, or it doesn't come into play too terribly often, but it's, uh, it's definitely some flavor that's missing there. It, it's flavor. It also affects... I'm a little uh, sad that some of like the main skills are missing, like uh, multiple block. Yeah, very strange uh, omissions from, from this game. The favorite of being... Uh, that favorite of affects certain inducements, but those inducements, the inducements it affects aren't in the game. So I can kind of understand why favorite of is missing, but yeah, having some of these skills missing perplexes me. I, I have no idea why those are missing. 
I, I can't even hazard a guess as to why those are missing. Yeah, and were you able to get the purse to Nuffle stuff to work? Because I feel like it was there at first, and then I couldn't find it anymore. Uh, prayers to Nuffle, like, as an inducement? Yeah. I haven't seen it as an inducement at all. Okay. Maybe it was just something in one of the... Uh, in one of the tutorials or something like that that showed up, and then I haven't gone back to that since. Mm. I felt like it was there, and then I had a couple games just against the AI where the trap doors were open, and then haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen it as an inducement. I have seen it on the, on the kickoff event table, and it works fine there with the, with the cheering fans. I don't know if it's still mm. called cheering fans, but the cheerleader Okay, one. maybe that's how I saw it, and yeah, it was just like... I saw it a couple times when I first started and then haven't seen it since. Mm. Yeah, so that that's all I've seen it on. I don't know, man. I, I This just smacks to me like they ran out of time, right? Like, we know from the betas, we what, there were three betas, I think, before this release? Yeah, I think I only tried one of them. The game was in very rough shape in the betas. Uh, it It is a lot better than the betas were. I'll give them that. And it just it just feels like they ran out of time. <laughs> they were like, look, yeah. we've got to cut. We've got to cut features. This is what we're cutting so that we can make our, you know, we can make gold. We can make our deadline. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I, I feel like there's some stuff, at least cosmetically, that was in the beta that I haven't seen in the full release. And I'm hoping they didn't just pull it to put on the cash shop later. Such as? They had uh, orc and imperial nobility cheerleaders that were really cool, and they're not in this. I guarantee you. I guarantee you they're going to be uh, They're going to be in the Warpstone shop. I, I promise. <laughs> oh, uh, so I guess we can talk about that, right? <laughs> uh, one, one of the new features of the game... Well, you know what? Let me talk about the bonus time first, since we're talking about uh, the new rules. There's a new bank of bonus time, right? So... In standard play, you get a two-minute timer on your turn, uh, just like in Blood Bowl 2. But if you go over that two minutes, your turn's not over. You can dip into a pool of seven minutes and 30 seconds for the duration of the game, right? I think this is a fantastic addition to the game. Yeah. One thing I have noticed, though, is that the main timer doesn't stop when you're choosing dice and stuff like that. So it's definitely needed yeah that was something that uh cyanide went back and forth on during the betas i remember them sending out a a survey asking what i thought about the timer they're like do you want the timer to stop during die rolling or do you want it to continue and it looks like they chose to allow it to continue so that's uh that's what's happening yeah so die rolls don't stop the clock basically but and and it feels like players running doesn't stop the clock either so i don't think anything stops the clock other than decisions like to to follow up or not like things like that i don't believe that even stops the clock as far as i've seen all right then then i guess nothing stops the clock (laughs) (laughs) but i i can't imagine your opponent can run out your clock though right like if your opponent has to decide whether he's going to stand firm or not oh fair enough yeah i was just thinking of uh the ones where you decide whether or not to follow up. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed that. Maybe it does run on your turn. But regardless, I think the seven minute thirty uh, seven minute thirty second bonus time is is really great, right? It allows you for those those really important turns. You can you can lose a game of Blood Bowl in a single turn, and so th- for those really important turns, you can stop and make a decision. I remember I had a game, uh, my second King of the Ring game. I said I said on stream, I'm like. I'm running out of time, but I'm going to take my time here because I, you know, <laughs> tried to play to yeah. win. It, it's really important in those ones where you have everyone to move 
so many blocks to do and doesn't feel like you're getting punished for not being able to click the mouse fast enough. Yeah, I, I think of all the new features, I think that, that is the smartest. I think that is the most appreciated by me. I really think that's a great addition to the game. I, I think that makes the game better. Uh, it means a, a lot more games are not going to be lost due to error and more games are going to be won due to being the better player. Uh, I think I think that's great. You mentioned the Warpstone shop. Let's talk about that. Some of the new features in the game. Now you can you can build your pieces. You can kit bash, right? You can have different different pieces that you buy and put them together on, or, or different pieces of plastic, I should say, and put them together on your pieces on your on your players, uh, and you can paint them too. And all of this costs an in-game currency called Warpstone. In-game well, currency. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, changing the colors doesn't cost anything. We'll see if they add new colors to the shop. I have to imagine new colors are going to be added. All the colors are named after, you know, Citadel pink colors, which just strikes me. Whenever I see Games Workshop branding, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be charged money. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, right now in the in the shop, it's it's different pieces like shoulder pads, boots, things like that. When you buy them, it costs warp stone. Uh, warp stones are basically one warp stone equals one one cent, one one penny USD. Um, does that make sense? One penny USD? I guess point zero one USD. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, Either way, it works for me. <laughs> Yeah, so there's IAP in the game. In-app purchases, you can buy Warpstone for that conversion. The more you buy, the more of a discount you get. All of this is cosmetic, which is kind of the standard to not get lambasted by the community in most games these days. I'm kind of fine with it, honestly. Um, I do think... So they have a bunch of other things, right? It's pieces. I suspect paints are going to be in there. I think they mentioned cheerleaders. Different cheerleaders are going to be in there. They do have different sets of dice. So we have the Brutal Edition. We got a free set of extra block dice called Brutal Dice. They look different. I think that's neat. I like that. I don't know if I'd call them free, but... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We did pay for the Brutal Edition. <laughs> I stand corrected. We got brutalized um, over the Brutal Edition. <laughs> uh, and we also got a, a, an extra cheerleader for that. We got the Brutal Cheerleader. I don't mind this so much, honestly. I, I really don't. If you don't want cosmetics, you can ignore it. The one thing that I really don't like about it uh, that they've confirmed. In Blood Bowl 2, when you gained a mutation, your figure, your model, would physically change with the mutation. In Blood Bowl 3, that's not going to happen. And I have to imagine that's not going to happen because they want you to buy the, the piece for the mutation, right? Yeah, I think that was a terrible decision on their part. Yeah, that's, that's really unfortunate because that really... If those mutations were still in and they kept this, it would feel kind of like a bonus. It's like, oh, I actually get to build pieces just like I'm playing a tabletop game. But this kind of feels like you've taken something away from me. It's like, I used to have this and now I don't. And that just yeah, always feels bad. The other thing bad. that kind of feels bad is that the heads are all the same on the positionals. I imagine that they'll be selling packs of heads or something like that later on. But it just kind of makes stuff like the human and elf teams feel like you're seeing the same player over and over and over again. Yeah. I have to imagine that's all intentional. Sadly. Um, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? It's, it's very <laughs> unfortunate, Fair enough. but it is all cosmetic. There's no sort of pay to win mechanic. You can't pay for like characteristic upgrades or something ridiculous, something that would break the game. Oh, yeah. um, 
There's another new feature of the game, the formation creator. This I allows you this. to create your formation. Yeah, it's such a, it's a, well, it's a great idea on paper, I think. Yeah, I, I really like the concept of it. Before in Blood Bowl 2, you would have to save your formations. Like you'd have to get into a game for a setup of formation, then you could save it. In Blood Bowl 3, you can do this beforehand. You can set up a million different formations. You can divide them into offense and defense. Uh, you get a little grid. It looks like a playbook. You put your players, you put your pieces where you want them to be for the formations. You can name the formation, whatever you want. It's really cool uh, that you can do this outside of the game. The problem with it that I ran into <laughs> is that there's two problems. One, it uh, if you lose a player on a, forma- a particular formation, the game will not fill in that spot with a an available reserve player. So you can't set, you can't set, um, uh, what are they called in football? Whatever. You can't set like, you know, your, your second string, third string, whatever players. Also, what I've noticed is that it will fill in for you on the first, like on the very first, uh, when it says like set up your players for offense or defense on a new drive, It'll move players from your reserve box to the pitch. It will fill the pitch with 11 players there, regardless of what formation is chosen. Then if you like switch out, so let's say you pick a formation where you're missing a player, it will put a player on the pitch. So you have a full 11. Then you switch your formation out to a different one and switch back. It will then take that player off the pitch. So it gets very confusing. (laughs) I actually hadn't noticed that. That's really strange. I got so confused. I was like, what is happening here? I think it's a great idea. I just think it needs a little work. Honestly, I think if you can put in those um, those those lists, those second tier, third tier players per position, or even just have a general rule. It's like, if somebody's missing, fill it with the same positional or something like that. Uh, that'd be yeah. great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I hadn't run into any problems with it yet. I've only used it with teams that had more than 11 players, so... <laughs> and I was just playing against the AI anyways, so I wasn't losing anyone. Mm. Are there any new features, uh, any other new features that you noticed that you uh, that you felt like talking about? Oh, let's see. I feel like the team creation's quite a bit easier now than it was in Blood Bowl 2. And I love the ability to rename players after you've already put them in your roster. Yeah, they, there's nice uh, some nice UX touches there. Yeah, where... Uh, things aren't set in stone. You can you can always go to the customization tab and do the customizations you expect expect to be able to do. I think that's nice. Yeah, that always bugged me that I couldn't rename a player. <laughs> yeah. Well, while we're on the subject, why don't we talk about the UI? The UI has had a massive overhaul in Blood Bowl 3, and it's been very, very divisive in my experience. I am on team pro Blood Bowl 3 UI. What about you? Yeah, I've I've had some issues with it, but in general, I like a lot of what they've done. I've had some weird issues with trying to activate throws and fouls and stuff like that, where I should be able to do it, and the option just is grayed out for absolutely no reason. I want to talk about the menu first, and then we'll talk about the game UI. So I'm, I'm a big fan of consistent imagery in a UI. So I like how now all the buttons are uniform, right? Like when I'm clicking things for different leagues or different competitions or different teams, they're big rectangles. They're big single color rectangles. I like that. I like that a lot. I like how buttons are consistent. Like if I'm on my roster, my player roster, all the buttons are consistent. I like how 
the iconography now is has been made consistent for the skills. They all have the same graphic design. They're not they don't just look like different pictures, right? They're they all have a consistent design. They are colored based on the type of skill they are. So agility skills have a certain color, mutation skills have a certain color, strength skills have a certain color, and so on. This all makes it so much easier for me to read this UI. I know that's not the way it is for everyone. We have a coach in the league who added a mod to change all those skill icons back to the Blood Bowl 2 icons, which is fine. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to learn the icons, but if I sit and just look at them, they're fairly intuitive to me. The problem is... I need to do that before I play a game because when you're on the clock, you're not trying to analyze icons, right? You're just like, ah, I gotta do things. Yeah, in general, I like all the ones that they've chosen. Yeah, I had a game where I thought my dirty player, uh, I thought my loner, my journeyman, was my dirty player, and uh, he wasn't. <laughs> but uh, I mean, but otherwise, your your loner, you'll you'd still want to be following with too. So. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the menu changes a lot. In game, huh? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of fine with it. So I, I discovered again in the middle of a game, this is, this is the way the game's supposed to work, but now you have to declare your action, your activation first. So if you are, yeah. say, passing, you've got to declare that you're passing before you move or else you are not allowed to pass. That's directly taken from the tabletop. It allows right, right. for. That's on the ball to work easier. Yeah, right. So that, that's the way it's supposed to be in the rules. Blood Bowl 2 is a little more forgiving with it. Blood Bowl 3 tries to find a middle ground. So in Blood Bowl 3, you can plot your activation ahead of time. And if you do that, you don't have to declare it first. So if, in other words, I can take a blitz before a movement just the same way I would in Blood Bowl 2. And that works fine. Passing's a little different because generally in Blood Bowl 2, I would move first. You know, you'd move up to where you want to go and you can pass. You can still do that, but you probably shouldn't. You probably should declare first. And there's a little, there's a little, uh, icon, uh, a little bar at the bottom of the screen when you're in game that shows you all the different types of actions you can declare. Uh, and you can declare it right there from the bar, but you can still do the, let me plot my whole move out first. And then the game will say, Oh, okay. You're doing a pass as part of this move. Fine. Or you're doing a blitz as part of this move. Okay. Cool. You just have to be a little more diligent with uh, your clicking in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I keep running into weird little issues with it, and I'm not sure how much of it is just bug stuff that needs to be worked out or or what. But like, I've had some turns where I'll toss to another player that hasn't been activated yet, and then I can't activate the player that has been passed to which <laughs> oh, that's can definitely lose you a game. But uh, sure. I'm sure they'll work out the issues like that eventually. Yeah, I think they will. It definitely seems like there's a bit of polish that's missing. seems like there's a lot of polish that's missing. There's a lot of things that happen on the UI. Like I will see duplicate die rolls. I will see die roll, like the visual die roll. I will see it happen out of order. I had a game where you know my opponent, in order to prevent overtime, had to make eight agility rolls and they all had to work out which they did and it was a really hype game but i saw those die rolls happen on my screen out of order and i was just like what is happening here i don't have any idea what's happening <laughs> yeah there and it's weird that it'll show you the animation of someone being uh injured or something like that and then like a few seconds later 
the dice will show up over their head and whatnot. Yeah, it's a little it's a little confusing. Yeah. Or like you'll see somebody get knocked down, you'll see the stun stars over his head, and then the dice will roll. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I also don't like so in Blood Bowl 2, you could turn the uh the hit animations, you could turn them to armor breaks only. In this game, it has that option, but it turns off all cinematics except for armor breaks. So for a long time, I thought we were missing touchdown dances. Uh, I thought we were missing like team presentations. You're not. If you set your cl- if you set your uh, camera to armor break only, you don't get any other animations, which I don't like. <laughs> I want all the other animations. <laughs> Just let me set the the hits to armor break. Yeah, I'll have to mess with that because I had just automatically gone to armor break only and I was wondering yeah. why I wasn't seeing any uh, touchdown animations. Yeah, it was I was complaining about it to a friend of mine who's actually not in the league but does play Blood Bowl and he was like, "What are you talking about? I see touchdown animations all the time." I'm like, "You're lying to me. What are you talking <laughs> What are you talking about?" <laughs> and uh and then I had an idea. I was like, "Oh, you know what? I wonder if it's the if it's the cinematic setting." Sure enough, it was. So there are some problems. <laughs> There are some problems. <laughs> a they few. very much seem like, yeah, they very much seem like bugs, but I'm sure, sh- I, I am sure they'll get sorted out. I, I don't want to be an apologist. I don't want to say like, relax, everybody. They'll get it sorted out. We paid money for this and uh, <laughs> it's not right that we paid money for an incomplete product, but I, I do feel confident that they'll sort it out. I feel like Blood Bowl is probably one of Cyanide's uh, bigger properties and uh, they want to see it flourish and succeed. So, and, and after their week of work fixing a lot of the most glaring bugs, they fixed, uh, they fixed the bug where clicking on teams in a competition breaks the game and you have to reload the game. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I haven't had it crash as much the past few days also. Yeah. The menus have been more responsive. It's very clear to me as a, as a software engineer that they have analytics on everything, which is fine, except the analytics while not blocking the UI are blocking logic. In other words, you can click around the app and nothing's going to stop you from clicking around the app. But the app's waiting for a response from the server. And uh, I very much suspect that every button click is going back to the server for analytics purposes, which is fairly typical. But the server is not responding to your request until it processes the analytics call. So what can happen is you can click around really quickly, click around on like eight different screens real fast. And then you just have to wait for 20 seconds. And it's... uh they need to fix that. That's not the way that should work. Like the analytics stuff should happen in its own thread, doing its own thing. Uh, but I digress. Um, uh, league and competition management. I, I want to mention this. I'm not going to, I'm going to talk about it for about 10 seconds. It doesn't work. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's, that's been my, uh, <laughs> that's been my experience as well. Yeah. Like it, it is so difficult to manage a league. They have fixed the most glaring bugs, but there's still a lot more to, to do. You need to be able to manage game results, manage teams, uh, manage competitions, manage the schedules. None of that is in yet. It, it is very difficult just to kind of see who's competing. There was that one bug that just broke the game, so you literally couldn't see who's competing. Uh, that's been fixed, and you can now, with a number of clicks, see which teams are available. But uh, there's there's a whole lot more work that needs to be done with league and competition management before it's really viable for using Blood Bowl 3 for leagues, in my opinion, for anything other than like ladder leagues. I did finally find our King of the Ring. 
tournament. So yeah. <laughs> I'll finally be able to get my team registered. <laughs> I think I already have you on the standing, so I hope you're registered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my team. I uh, ah. I just need to get like the password or something for it, but I'll get that from you later. It's it's uh, pinned to the channel, so you can, you can oh, check okay. it out in the King of the Ring channel. <laughs> yeah. uh, in game, we've already kind of kind of touched on this, but in game, um, I do want to say once I get into a game, other than the uh, the things we've really mentioned, it feels pretty good. Like uh, you know, the game works. Like I can play games of Blood Bowl. There are disconnects sometimes. And there is a problem with that because the disconnects, like I had a disconnect in my first, uh, in my second King of the Ring match that awarded me a forfeit, <laughs> which there's again, going back to league, league and competition management, there's nothing I can do about that. I just, I just have the forfeit. I, I said it was being streamed at the time. I was like, no, 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 we're not, we're, we're just going to play this again. I'm not, I'm not just taking a win. Um, but I can't like roll back that forfeiture, unfortunately. So, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's it's really disappointing. But when it works, yeah, it works, it right? Like At least it'll in my experience, automatically concede one of the teams some of the time. Yeah, yeah, it it does, and uh, that's unfortunate because uh, my opponent was like, "Oh, something's going on on my end." I was like, "Oh, is it going to disconnect?" And then it did, and gave me the forfeit. There's no pausing in games. You can't pause the game. Ah. Uh. Look at that in what six months? <laughs> That'll be season two. <laughs> that's that's a glaring omission in my opinion, and and being able to reconcile a match like in Blood Bowl two, if you got disconnected, you had a certain amount of time to reconnect, and the game would continue. Yeah, I feel like that is a basic function that should have been in there from day one. Yeah, and it's something. Yes, and that's something they should they should absolutely do. That's it's absolutely necessary again for league management like you can't just have people winning due to a connection hiccup yeah what do you think about the the turn to turn the turn to turn action in the game does it feel good does it feel bad you, you've already mentioned that some of your actions uh you, you weren't able to do yeah in a lot of the time in general everything feels kind of laggy i don't really know how much of that is intentional or how much of it is just the game's state <laughs> Yeah, it it does. It, again, that's another situation where it feels like it's waiting for a server response and it really doesn't need to. It, I mean, if it's my turn, I'm the only one giving you... Well, that's not true. I mean, your opponent can choose, like, stand firm and stuff. But generally speaking, just take my inputs. Just take my inputs, uh, just like Blood Bowl 2. Just take my inputs. Let me take my actions. You can process them in order. But it, it often feels like I'll do an action. It was very much like this in the beta. You would do an action and then you'd have to wait for the server to say okay. Uh, and uh, yeah i feel like i've had it wait like five to ten seconds between me double clicking the square i want to move into and my character actually starting to move and meanwhile the clock's still ticking down like crazy wow five to ten seconds on a two on a two minute timers that's just unacceptable that's way too long yeah and so far the ai has been much worse than uh Blood Bowl 2 even. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention the AI, but yeah, the, the, the AI is trash. <laughs> the AI has always been trash. mentioned it, so... Uh... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It, it always is terrible. I, I played an AI game. Uh, basically, I figured out what they were doing is they were finding the closest player <laughs> and then getting enough assists to get a two-die block on that player. And when I realized that, I didn't even have to cage up my ball carrier anymore. So I just <laughs> throw a sacrificial lineman toward them and they'd throw like three players on him. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's 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 terrible. It's absolutely atrocious. But uh, yeah. So any other problems in game? Just weird little buggy uh, actions and things like that. Stuff I think will get cleared up pretty quickly, or at least I'm hoping won't be 
cleared up pretty quickly. All right. Well, for for the most part, for me, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty solid. Like once I get in game, things go pretty smoothly, uh, except for, you know, just the weird visual inconsistencies or or a game disconnecting or something. It's just getting into a game feels trepidatious. It's like, oh, will we even connect? What's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, I've I've had trouble even getting games started so <laughs> hopefully i'll be able to get some of that today final thoughts i am disappointed at the launch i am very hopeful for the future i do think this time next year blood bowl 3 will probably be the preferred way to play over blood bowl 2 i think that's my opinion yeah i'm hoping so and on a positive note all of the animations and things like that are top notch and the character models for the most part look really nice visually it's a great looking game I think. I agree. Uh, there's the different pitches. We had that in the original Blood Bowl. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but uh, Blood Bowl 2 <laughs> is basically... Yeah. Blood Bowl 2 is basically just grassy pitches for the most part. You, you could get stadium upgrades. But Blood Bowl 3, right out of the gate, you've got different pitches, and I think that's really cool. I really like that. Not that you can <laughs> select them in multiplayer, but... Uh... <laughs> Yet, but uh, you'll be able to... they. They verified you'd be able to pick those up with Warpstone too. Won't that be fun? We <laughs> uh, we did. They didn't give us a whole bunch of. <laughs> they did give us a whole bunch of extra Warpstone for the problems at launch. So I think we have what twenty two hundred or something to spend, and the most oh, really? expensive ones are yeah, I, the most expensive. I think I'm still down on like twelve fifty, and I haven't spent anything. Maybe maybe it's twelve. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think the most expensive ones on the store right now are seventy five, and I think they said the quote unquote epic ones are going to be two fifty, maybe. So that'd be two dollars fifty cents. Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. Oh, oh, and another thing that I was worried about with the uh, kit bashing, when you buy a piece. You know, if I have one piece, one one uh, shoulder pad, I can put that on a single piece. If I want to put that shoulder pad on all 11 pieces, I need to buy 11 shoulder pads. But if I remove that piece, if that piece dies or retires or whatever, I don't lose the piece. The piece comes back into my inventory. So that I like that a lot because it makes it feel like I'm actually buying plastic and I'm not throwing money into the void. So that's a nice feature, I, I think. I still feel like just being able to equip it on one player was a little bit of a slap in the face. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what are your final thoughts on, on Blood Bowl 3? I'm looking forward to it improving. <laughs> oh, what a polite way. That's that's what we call soft skills. <laughs> what a polite <laughs> way to say, I hate it. <laughs> I'm you, know, you know what I, you just I said? I love the rule set. Uh, the implementation is uh, has some work to you, do. So. You just put Blood Bowl three on an improvement plan. That's what you just did. <laughs> you just gave them a demerit. You just warned them that if they don't shape up, they're getting fired. <laughs> they're on the first step. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me in this episode of Artificial Funny. <laughs> thanks for having me. That'll do it for this episode. You can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash avaunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number two. 
and watch archive games on YouTube at Blood Bowl Mammal. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.mammal.club. That's M-A-M-L dot C-L-U-B. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore Mammal, Mastodon at Mammal at M-A-S dot T-O, or on Facebook at Blood Bowl Mammal. Play Blood Bowl! You can play Blood Bowl online via Cyanide Studios, Blood Bowl 2, Blood Bowl 3, or in Games Workshop's tabletop form at your friendly local game store. Be kind to each other. Forgive everyone. Praise Nuffle. And may he bless your dice.